0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Love Brand You, the show about personal branding, how your values, beliefs, and actions help you define and discover your calling and the evolution of you and your brand. Here's your host, Sam Rafus. Welcome, it is Wednesday and another episode of Love Brand You. I'm Sam Rafus and here with another spectacular guest. Most of the time when I'm preparing for the show, I'm confident about the topic or the focus of the show. This episode, I have to be honest, I struggled a bit. I kept thinking about the show, and this is my process. I know which guests I'm going to be interviewing and talking to. And I kept thinking, what are we going to hone in on? Because I've had so many conversations with this woman that I kept thinking, oh, we could talk about this, or we could talk about this. We could talk about that topic. And last night, I was still thinking about it. I want to stay true to the overall theme of the show, which is personal branding. And I 100% believe in my heart and soul that when we do love ourselves and are willing to live our truth, that we will serve the world and humanity in the way that is our highest purpose for living. I went to sleep last night and I thought about, you know what, I know the answer will come to me. I just... Do the usual, say a prayer. I know when I wake up, it will be there. I wake up this morning, I open my eyes, and the first word in my head, courage. I went, aha, got it. That's what it's going to be. Went on with my morning, got my kids off to school, and here we are, happy to talk to my guest and courage is perfect to talk about and by the end of the show I think you'll agree with me let me introduce you to her now Colleen songs is a Canadian singer-songwriter and inspirational speaker who has been spreading her message of courage to lead you to the fulfillment of your wildest dreams she began singing and writing when she was 14 and leaned into those talents to carry her through adolescence, romance, heartache, back to love, motherhood, wellness, trauma, and the loss of a loved one with mental illness. She has conquered multiple sclerosis for the past 21 years and began singing after a car accident that caused her To have emergency neck surgery leaving her more afraid of losing her voice than afraid of the surgery using that time of recovery colleen wrote her memoir inhale based on her journey as a caregiver of a loved one with mental illness where she had to dig deep to find the courage intuition and inner strength that kept her alive and able to escape and trade the nightmare for her dream life. Currently, Colleen is writing and recording her second album, This Life, one song at a time, and working on her memoir sequel, because dreams never expire. Welcome, Colleen.
1: Welcome, I gotta meet that woman.
0: <laughs> well, I am so happy that you are here. And through as I was talking about your bio, I kept thinking this is why I struggled with what we were going to talk about today because there is so many that we, so many topics that we could share on today's show. Because if anyone knows and listens to my show often enough, they know that I want both of us, to leave the listener with something that they can take away.
1: Absolutely.
0: So let's start us off, Colleen, about your backstory and what brought you to here. Well. Here being this point in your life.
1: This point in my life, that's pretty amazing. I wouldn't have known the path it took to get here. (laughs) But looking back... Um, You know, I lived nine years with a narcissist, my second marriage. I didn't know what those signs were at the time, and um, as it became progressively worse and he was diagnosed with mental illness, I, I found myself in a very unhealthy and frightening time in my life, and separated from my children to keep them safe and figuring out um, what to do next with the situation that I was in. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know or even have the tools to look at the red flags as they came up and I didn't know the difference between healthy and unhealthy love. And I have to share this story with people because I have to help others open their eyes. You know, it could make a difference between five minutes of heartache or nine years of heartache. It can, sharing my story, it can help others by providing them the tools to make seasoned life-altering decisions that could impact them the rest of their life. I have an obligation to share it.
0: So can, when you say the obligation to share that, can you just bring us to the spot that, you know, what, what got you into that relationship? I, I know I'm opening up a big can here but what what brought you there
1: well i was a single mom um, working had a little home of my own working for myself and my children making a new life for myself and you know my pre- my first marriage was a you know he's a beautiful person we're we're best friends still we were just too young but i met this man who was spiritual I always questioned religion, and I always questioned all these codes and rules that were so, um, to me, archaic. So, when he brought spirituality into my life, it aw- it, it awakened so much um, about what I believed in, and just have somebody who believed these things as well—it's just remarkable. He was a—he was a fireman. He was a business owner. He was um, an upstanding citizen in the community, and we really took a lot of steps, small steps to bring him to our children, and, you know, he just enveloped all of us. He to, enveloped us.
0: To put it in context for our listeners, how old were you when you had your kids, and, because you were saying, you know, we, we were young. Mm-hmm. but. And and not that there's anything wrong with that, but just to put it into context when we're listening.
1: Well, there's youth in age and there's youth in maturity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's totally different. Um, but for me, I was uh, my first uh, child. I was 24. My second at 26. I was um, 29 coming 30 when their father and I split up. Just, we just grew apart.
0: So your kids were young when you got into this next relationship?
1: Yeah. They were quite young. And they were fun. And he was so warm with them. Like, he was a lot of fun. And I didn't see all the signs, the little things at all. I didn't see the the quiet, little, subtle, controlling, manipulating. um,
0: And what's an example of that?
1: Well, my daughter liked horseback riding. And so I put her in horseback riding lessons. You like know, I'm a horsewoman. So we love horses. And she was so gifted with it and a natural. And um, I didn't have the support to take her that extra half an hour out of town. And, and uh, he just like, well, you know, we weren't raised like that. We weren't given all these things to do. And we came out pretty good. So... Why are we doing this? Why are we putting all this time into, you know, after school here and there? And so I was just thinking, yeah, you know, that's right. I was raised simply too. Um, We all did well, but it still kind of irked me. It's like, no, I want my children to have more and I want them to be able to try different things. And I just couldn't get it in his head to just support me in this. (laughs) It just didn't happen.
0: And when you say you didn't see it, it it's you're not looking for it. You're no, it's off guard, <laughs> right? As as women, as people in relationships, we are looking for the good in people, and if that's what we're seeing, then we were wanting to see more of it.
1: Yeah, and we were. We always tried. The kids and I just made do anyway. We. We made things happen. We made up for it. We chose activities that helped each other have something then and made do.
0: Yeah. And what started to, again, I don't want to give the whole, I don't want to give the book away. I don't want to, but enough, because I want readers to read your book. Mm -hmm. And we will talk about that more in detail after the break. Mm -hmm. But what, Made you start to say hmm there's 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 just something going on here
1: when I started seeing my children just um disappearing into themselves a bit more a little angrier um, rebelling and a little bit they were amazing kids they but just things that would irk them and we'd argue, and I was like, what is this culture in our family what this is not right this is not this is not who you are. This is not who I am. Something's got to change, and it's got to change quickly. Everything is falling apart. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And you alluded to the safety part in your bio and in, or your introduction in, in our discussion at the beginning. What made you realize that the kids weren't safe?
1: There was their safety physically and their safety emotionally. They were not emotionally safe at this point. And my son, being you know young and just before I got too bad out of the house, I saw signs that my son just needs his dad. You know, he's got a great dad, and he was in those you know 12, 13, He's like, yeah, you need your dad. You need to go and do the truck thing and the motorbike thing and and. I want that to be the man that you uh, argue with because he loves you. Okay. Um, and with my daughter, it became very emotionally stressful. Okay. Nothing she did was correct. Everybody that she tried to involve herself with wasn't good enough. Okay. Um, and she was an amazing young woman. She... She was strong, courageous, artistic, friendly, happy, and he just couldn't have it. He, he overprotected and made up things that were
0: just bizarre. And did that just come from just wanting you to himself? Was it becoming that kind of relationship that, you know, was, the, kid, the kids weren't part of it?
1: Yes, it was definitely that looking back. Um, the children were an in inconvenience. They they took up time. They took up money. Um, he resented that they had a dad already, okay. right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Take us into what what did you want to be when you were a kid? That mm. and look at within this story that impacted your story.
1: Well, I wanted I was definitely born an artist you know, I was dreamy and I loved music and we had a very talented musical family and although music plays a big part of who I am, like naturally, I always loved books and writing and I wanted to be a English professor with those glasses and cardigan and in those big dark dungeons and looking libraries and taking my students on this imaginary journey with every book that we opened that's what I loved and wished that I would be able to do when um, I was growing up we were growing up pretty poor mom and dad were ill when I was a teen and uh, so my getaway was opening the encyclopedia and reading um, about the world and traveling to Russia or traveling to you know Hawaii and I even taught myself you know the Hawaiian language (laughs) through an encyclopedia because it took me on this in, in this journey so I felt like I was literally traveling through word and it just amazed me how our minds can escape our present just simply through words. And I always wanted to write i wanted I loved writing. I was great at um captivating people in word, whereas my sister could write a song or my my other sister could draw a painting or paint a painting, draw a picture and um my gift was word
0: so you were a dreamer and Thinking about traveling and putting yourself in a different land was that what led you to even writing your songs like you again I'm I know that you started writing songs when you were 14 so mm-hmm. was it this dream dream like uh, growing up that got you into writing your songs
1: well it was a very different life I had, I was the youngest of a huge family, and so by the time my parents were, which uh, I was a teenager and my parents were quite old, they, were, they had their set ways and the rules were harsh because of all the past kids being bad. The rules got harsher and harsher. <laughs> so, my knowing this in my 14 in my year old wise mind, I thought, well, if I write, because they love anything that I really do. You know, I'm amazing. So I thought, <laughs> um, how can I tell them I have a crush on somebody? Because they weren't a lot of boys. Like, okay. they far, far away. So I would write this beautiful song and I'd sit with my dad. And I'd say, hey, dad, I wrote a song. And I'd sit and I'd sing him a song and he goes, oh, that's beautiful. So I thought, oh, I got a way to communicate with my mom and my dad. So when they would notice that I was angry, or that I was frustrated, or that I really just wanted to run out of town and get away from all the rules, um, my dad would sit me down and say, why don't you sing me a little Colleen song and, you know, tell me what's happening. And so that's how that came about.
0: And he knew that? He knew that you were communicating with him through song?
1: Yeah. He felt it. And it was a safe way. Like... Couldn't say words to my dad. Um, one, he was shy. He had a weak stomach, <laughs> and so to say anything about, you know, boys or asking about kissing or, you know, is it okay for someone, you know, to hold my hand or can I go out? And he would just like, don't even talk to me or <laughs>
0: pass out. Or, uh, and this he, is my little girl. I don't want to discuss this.
1: He had, he had too many kids. He had too many girls to worry about. I can't even imagine. <laughs>
0: When you say too many kids, how many siblings, Colleen?
1: One son, he was the oldest, and then 10 girls. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm the youngest.
0: <gasps> 10 girls. Oh, my goodness.
1: So I can't imagine, like, I a guy, right? You send him, oh, 16 is on his own. Leave me alone. I can conquer the world. Girls, having a daughter and a son both. Like, I got to hand it to my parents because they went through – the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s with daughters. Now, can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> so I had to not wear makeup, and I couldn't pluck my eyebrows, and I wasn't allowed any boys in my life. And I thought, whatever. I can't imagine all the stress they've been under all this time. One day I'll be grown up and on my own, but right now I'm going to enjoy my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and all the rest will go. <laughs> And I remember I remember my mom saying to me one time and I have three older sisters and two younger brothers And we also had lots of foster siblings when I was growing up Wow, so there was always lots of kids around too and I remember getting upset with my parents for one of the same issues, you know, Mm -hmm. why they wouldn't let me do something and I remember my mom looking at me and saying you might be mad at me now Mm -hmm. you might not understand now When you have your children, you'll understand. (laughs) And guess what? Yeah, do. (laughs) I have three teenage girls, and guess what I'm saying to them? No. (laughs) The same thing. When you have your kids, you'll understand. And I I remember phoning my mom after my oldest daughter was born, and I remember phoning my mom and apologizing. Mm, And she said, what are you apologizing for? And I said, because I get it now, Mom.
1: Yeah. That's the best phone call you can give to a mother.
0: <laughs> okay, let's get back to our story. Okay. Um, what's, what's the best advice you ever took?
1: Well, the best advice. Well, when I was 22 and diagnosed with MS, I freaked out thinking my baby, I have tiny babies. No, it wasn't 22. Let me think i was 32
0: t- maybe yeah I'm just guessing because yeah
1: no yeah, no my son was just turning two so it would have been in oh don't let me do math,
0: math. <laughs> anyway you were in your anyway, 20s
1: I was in my late 20s and I was diagnosed with MS mass and I was freaking out thinking you know I can't even walk around the block with my toddler and my new baby how am I going to do this so I called my sister who had suffered from fibromyalgia for quite a few years. And I said, Kathy, how do you stay so fit and strong, ride your horses and do your barn tours and raise your family and still be walking and running? And how how do you do it? What are you doing? And she said, well, it hurts. It's not easy. But it's going to hurt if you do. And it's going to hurt if you don't. But you'll be farther along if you do. And you battle through the pain to get ahead of it. And then, I, and I think I've lived my life like that ever since without really realizing it. My fight to battle MS has given me tools to face any kind of fear.
0: When you say the the fight, well, it includes. And I know you, again, mm-hmm. listeners. I know Colleen. I love Colleen, mm-hmm. and I know that you run. I know that you eat healthy. I know that you, you know, have those positive, healthy thoughts. But what what was your journey into saying, okay, I've got MS, multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. However, I need to. Keep healthy in what way? Explain to our listeners in a picture so that they can hear the story, see the story in their mind.
1: When I found out that I had MS, I had just tried to walk around the block with my kids and I kept falling. And I went to the doctor and they gave me medication and said what they were looking for. And so I thought, okay, you know, they know my situation. I have two young kids. I'm home. I'm going to start this medication. It'll help me. So I find myself in the middle of the afternoon in my backyard on the grass with my kids crying all around me. And I do remember I had put a picnic out in our backyard. I set the kids up with their snacks and stuff. We were going to sit outside, and I knew I felt a little bit kind of wheezy queasy from this medication I thought well I'll just rest with the kids and but it totally passed out I was laying there for I don't I don't really know how long the kids are crying all the food was gone <laughs> and I thought okay this is god I'm not doing this I am not doing it this way I'm gonna die faster and lose my my moments with my kids so I th- Just did some research of how um, MS affected your body. And I thought, well, it affects the proteins around the nerves and it affects your muscle and your nerve function and it affects your brain. And, well, you better get those things healthy. So I researched healthy fats, which is your omegas, to help give yourself a nice plump, fatty brain. I started massaging class and yoga which helped moving everything around and keep stimulating the muscles and I just I was already I was an active uh, person before I had the kids I did running I did aerobics you know those yeah. things we did <laughs> with <laughs> Jane Fonda in the 80s yeah 80s 90s so I did all that so I thought you know I'm just gonna get back at it and it was hard and it hurt and I was exhausted but it was a good exhaustion. It beat the fatigue, and it beat the brain fog from the medication, and I just had to keep at it. The harder it felt to do, the harder I dug in, and I, and I just fought through it. And, I, you know, by then, I, the next summer, I was riding my bike with my kids. They were in the little trailer, and I was riding all over. We were in Fort McMurray at the time. So I was riding all over Fort McMurray, up and down hills, and running, and it felt fabulous, and it just kept going from there.
0: And as someone that's a nutrition professional and Mm -hmm. and subscribing to all of of what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. when you're getting the right nutrients, you're getting the right brain nutrients, and you're also exercising, you're getting the oxygen everywhere Mm -hmm. it needs to be in your body to fuel your body.
1: Yes. Muscle strong, bones strong, organs are strong, brain is strong. And I think with all this... Um, fads with you know low fat blah 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 not enough knowledge of what's healthy you know our body runs like an automobile think about it we have a lot of moving parts and we need to oil them we need to keep them lubricated and healthy and strong and you know so I truly believe that that's that's what's keeping me going
0: I have to agree and we need to take a break we're focusing on courage and we've had conversation about you know the courage it's taking you to to get through your relationship and to you know, get through some of the toughest times with ms at the beginning and i know you have other obstacles that you can share with us but what i like when i'm talking with people on the show is it's great to hear about the obstacles but what happens when you get through the obstacles so I want to take a break and then I want you to share with us after the break a specific example of something that you've overcome that we haven't already talked about okay okay let's take a break Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the E-Women Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to ewomennetwork.com and join our speakers network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to ewomennetwork.com. Welcome back. We are with Colleen Songs on Love Brand You. Before the break, Colleen, we were talking about more examples of courage and we let, I led into the fact that after the break we would talk about an obstacle that you've had that really took a lot of courage, but you can share with us that you came through it. So mm-hmm. share a story with us.
1: I had a moment in my life where fear buckled in me buckled my mind, it buckled my heart, it buckled my knees, and I felt like I was living in this bowl of jello, and it was fear, it was simply fear, and no matter what the situation is, when we look at fear in the face, You can either crumble or you can say, look, buddy, I am not going to buckle to you. And when I had to make a decision to plan my escape from my second husband, because life was just crazy, I was facing you know, I was facing death several times from threats from him, um, wanting to, he wanted to take my life along with his. He was taking me further and further away from anyone or anything that, could, that I could reach out to. It was fear. I look back on it and it's like, how did I even get out of there? I remember my body even reacting, um, throwing up black tarish bile one morning and wondering what I was doing. I was a bone rack, I was not eating. I couldn't think for myself at this point and I had to really dig deep. I took a look in the mirror and I was like, where have you gone? And how the hell are you going to get out alive? And, oh, I am so afraid right now. I have the same feeling of fear sweeping over me right now because it was the ugliest, deepest, darkest moment. I find the hardest words to explain. But I knew I had to get out. And I thought, okay, I remember the movie Sleeping with the Enemy. <laughs> I remembered it then. I thought, okay, okay, I have to plan my escape because I have to I have to think about how he thinks. I have to think about what he's gonna think. I have to think about what ticks him off or or what's you know what's gonna soothe him so that I can make this plan to just get away. And I did it. I made a plan, and I consoled him through it all so that he wouldn't be suspicious. And I, and I, subliminally talked to whatever greater source there was out there to frickin' get this done. Because if if I don't make it back to my children, we're gonna have some serious words. So I leaned on my inner source. I leaned on that, on my subliminal thoughts I leaned on every code of ethics that my family gave provided for me even if they were things that you know might have been reason why I was in a situation you know it wasn't intended that way but there were core values that I had inside of me that gave me the strength to make this decision and face that fear and I planned my escape and I did it really well after some horrible attempts (laughs) I wasn't very good at those (laughs) but you know they each made me better and I try
0: try again never give up courage where where did the that like you said the final time when you knew and it worked and you got away where did that courage come up from
1: that courage simply came out of love and love love can do pretty amazing things for all of us it um it's a seed that is planted before you're even born through the agreements of every person that you come across in your life being a mom Um, you know, my dad was a hunter and he always loved bears and he would say, never rile up the mother bear. Well, this man riled up my mother bear. I knew my children were safe. I knew now what I had to deal with. I knew I had to get away that, that there was no other option. And I knew that I was going to bloody well live through it. And, um, my mother bear, Gave me the courage to to get it done.
0: And you're here. And, I am. And, <laughs> yeah, and And I know it sounds like we're we're laughing on one hand, and then we're almost crying. And and I have to be. Uh, I'm always a hundred percent transparent as I can be on the show. And listeners, I've had Colleen's book for my, well, when did it come out? When did I?
1: January 1st.
0: Yeah. And I saw Colleen and I said, Where's my book? I said, I need a signed copy. I've had it with me and I open it and I read a bit and I literally have to close it and put it away and digest it. So I am one of those that is slowly reading your book because just the stories or you know what you're talking about I just have to digest it in little bits because I find myself sobbing that and and I know that you come through it and I know what an inspiration you are to everyone but in that moment I feel like I'm walking and running and every emotion that you're talking about on the page so I haven't got through the whole book. I'm reading some of the reader testimonials that people are talking about that they couldn't put it down and they're, you know, staying up all night and reading it. And I keep thinking, Oh, you know, I, part of me wishes I was like that, <laughs> but I honestly, I have just had to take it in little chunks. But I think, cause I know that, everything's okay and I know you're okay and I know your kids are okay and and I know the outcome I keep thinking for me again I always listen to my own intuition and it's like I'll get to the next piece when I get to it
1: I totally believe in that everybody has has a way everybody has a way of reading what they need to absorbing what they what they are meant to in the perfect time sequence. So there are some readers who just get into it and kept putting it down. There's some readers who's like, Oh my God, I have to take it slow. I I shouldn't have read that on the plane, but I was, but I couldn't put it down, but they're all, you know, they're like you that I just like, this is so deep and so sorrowful and I love you and I've known you, or I haven't known you, but I see that you're still here. So something could must've happened, but, they take their time and they read the chapter a little at a time, and they also are saying, you know, this happened to me, and you 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 helped me remember this moment, and they needed to process all that emotion. Because it's not a, just a book about me, it's a book about you, your sister, your mother, your friend, your your
0: girlfriend, our neighbor. It's mental illness is it's a tough thing for the person going through it but it's also you know you're writing from the caregiver side Mm -hmm. let's let's get into your book a little bit more deeper in the sense of you you named it inhale for for what reason what what was that story well
1: I didn't name it that until I had it reviewed by an author, a friend of mine. He uh, was the first one who actually read it cover to cover. And uh, he said the title I had, which was my love story, wasn't captivating it. It was like, you're gonna pick up a book and it's gonna be a love story. And He didn't get that. And I thought, well, that was just, it was a love story to myself, but the title wasn't right. And then as we were talking, he goes, you, you breathe, you have to breathe every day, do you know that? And I just looked at the book and I felt, I literally felt the pages and I, I had to breathe because it's, it still brings me back to that the moment. And, and I said, yeah, he said, it, I had to breathe to get through the day or a moment or a thought. And he goes, uh, let's pick a title. He said, let's pick a title that captures that, that intake of breath and everything. And I said, well, it, it can only be one word. And he goes, you can't do that in one word. And I said, it has to be only one word because I, I write in impact, in short, brief, impactful sentences. And so I sat back in the chair and I just went, oh, and, I, and I said, inhale. And he's like, oh, and they both got goosebumps. And then everything just, everything just fell into place from running to breathing in that last page. it, It was inhale. I had to inhale my life. I had to inhale my core values. I had to inhale my family. I had to inhale my children. I had to inhale the gift of life to just to just survive it because i loved it so much so that's why i call it inhale
0: we're both just taking a suck in here and i think i think for me too this is why i have been reading this in slow bits and I knew if I was going to get through this, this show with you, I knew that I would, that I'd have to keep my composure from, from not, not uh, crying too much here. What are the words on the, on the book? Oh, I've got, where's my book? Um, you talk about you can't breathe life into someone that's not ready to inhale. is that what's on the book jacket?
1: You cannot breathe life into someone refusing to inhale
0: right, okay. I can mm-hmm. see it over here, listeners. I just can't reach the book <laughs> otherwise I would be i'd be uh reading it off the book jacket. Oh man, Colleen, let's take it take it to. You mentioned a couple times your core values, and which reminds me, I like to ask people about that. So, give us briefly what your core values are.
1: Honesty, just complete honesty, even if it hurts somebody, because you love them, and uh, just like your mom told you, <laughs> one day you'll understand. <laughs> so you can be mad right now, but this is my truth, <laughs> and. Loyalty, and you can be loyal to a fault, and I was loyal to a fault. I was loyal to the marriage, and I didn't take it lightly. So um, those core values, which are beautiful, honesty and loyalty, are... And love, you know, family love. You know, they are first and foremost. And my kids, that was the deepest. That was, for me personally, the love for my children went to my my womb. It, went, yes. that's, it wasn't just my heart core. As a woman and you have a child, your core is your womb. And um, my love core was in my womb. And that's what kept me. That was my lifeline.
0: For us mothers, that that is again. I I repeat it. I don't know how many times a day. You know, my my girls are my why. Yeah. And when you're talking mother bear, I mean, I can relate. Yeah. Pardon me. <laughs> so the. That's really where, the, where that courage welled up from and what got you out of your situation and mm-hmm. into the life you're in now. And listeners, I want to get onto a little bit lighter note as we're coming mm-hmm. to the end of the show. And what I want you to get out of these parts of the, of the deeper, more emotional, vulnerable conversations that Colleen and I have had here is got to get the book. <laughs> really, and and read the book. It can help you with, I believe, with anybody that is struggling with their own with their own uh, issues in relationship, or or struggling with their own mental illness, or someone in their life that has a mental illness. I think that is where you know the journey can be for other people that can get a lot out of your book not not just the fact that it's a uh, a story that a a movie could be made yeah but let's go to where I like to ask every guest what's one of your best daily habits I know we've talked Mm -hmm. about eating healthy and meditating and and um, some of those core health um, habits that women like you and I like to to have Mm -hmm. but what's another habit that keeps you aligned with you and your brand
1: well I've come to be very selfish with my mornings because you know with MS and the neck injury and you know sometimes even evenings with a bit of PTSD that seem to flow once in a while with memories my night sleeps aren't that great so my mornings are very important to me. They help me process everything that, you know, happened through the night. Um, and I can just sit with the rising sunshine and talk to my husband and my son and get them off to work. And I count my blessings. You know, I sit on my couch and I, I feel the fabric and I, I feel the the colors in the room and I see the light shining through the window and I recognize the bits of cobwebs on the ceiling and I thank them for catching the dust and I just I take in everything like my whole presence and that has become a morning ritual that I just I ache for now it's like I so look forward to my mornings because it brings me such peace and such gratitude and such appreciation for for the life that I'm in, because I saw the other side of it. I saw someone else's life slipping away. I saw death creeping up on myself. And I, through his um, experience and through his illness, and I fought so much to stay alive and to and to and to embrace it and to grasp it that. Even my blanket is such a beautiful living gift and who gave it to me. And then I reflect on all the reflections around me. And it just, it sets me up that I can take on anything. I have my mornings.
0: I was just imagining myself sitting there on on your couch and, and taking it all in with you. Colleen, how can our listeners connect with you?
1: They can connect with me on my website, com. They can connect with me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at IamCalling Songs. And I can show some, I can show you this. So it's just
0: I am calling Sucks.
1: I would see it in reverse. We'd have to read in the bathroom mirror.
0: No, I'm looking, I'm looking at it in the right way. here. And when I post the video at a later date, right now, we're just upload. I'm just uploading the audio for the podcast. But there will be some video that will this. Okay, okay. Later on. And I'll have that on the show page anyway, Colleen. I'll have, the, I'll have the links that people can connect or that the links that people can click on, I always mm-hmm. say. And how can they buy your book? Your book can, is in some bookstores too.
1: Yeah, it's uh, at Owl's Nest in Calgary here. Um, and also, if you go to my website, com slash shop. So go to the writing page and it'll take you to my, to my shop. And you can find all the different um, links to buy my book through Barnes and Noble, through Amazon, through Indigo. And also personally from me, if you are, are in Canada and you want to uh, get a signed copy, you can just click on that selection and I will do that for you.
0: I have my signed copy, which I adore. And I, I, keep with me and anybody that has said can I borrow that it's a no that's my copy (laughs) (laughs) thank you no scalpers (laughs) that's right Um, when's your next book and listeners Colleen calls them book singing not a book Mm. signing because that's when you bring your guitar and you sing some songs and you talk about the book when is your next local appearance here in Calgary
1: April 17th so this coming to Tuesday.
0: And well, we're not episode... airing this till May. This right. this okay. episode. Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll so when is your next May episode?
1: My next May episode or appearance, I guess, is in Victoria.
0: Ooh, Victoria, uh, BC. Yep. And which yep. date is that?
1: It is May seventeenth at seven o'clock at the Oak Bay, Oak Bay Public Library.
0: In Victoria. Mm -hmm. and they can find that information on your website as well
1: yes so if you go to my facebook page i am calling songs and on the timeline you'll see my book singing tour link and you'll have all the dates and addresses to my appearances
0: up there wonderful yay wonderful wonderful okay we are at the end but colleen i want you to leave us with your best parting words of Mm. wisdom
1: The hardest words to hear are sometimes the best words you can ever hear. They are seeds of courage. Whether that friend you will no longer talk to told you to get out 10 years ago, when you feel it's time to get out, you're going to reach out for those seeds because they will be your courage seeds. My courage seeds were the words that I cannot breathe life into someone refusing to inhale. I cannot do the work for someone else. I can only do the work for me. Those words planted courage in me and they released me from unhealthy love and they returned me back to myself. So never overlook words, whether they are ones you don't want to hear, or those wonderful words we all want to hear. They are meant for you.
0: I was just letting that sink in for a moment. Mm -hmm. Colleen, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you. I'm honored, and I so appreciate you, Sam.
0: Listeners, I'm your host, Sam Rafus. Head on over to ColleenSongs.com. I'll have that on the show page, all of her links, where you can get a hold of her. We are at the end of our show. I'm your host, Sam Rafus. And until next time, keep sharing the love. Love Brand You with Sam Rafus. If you like what you heard on today's show, head to iTunes and subscribe to Love Brand You. You can leave a comment, a review, or send Sam a note for recommendations on a future guest you'd like to hear on the show. Thanks for listening to Love Brand You with Sam Rafus. For more, visit samrafus.com. S A M R A F O S S.com.